Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Greed. Xenophobia. White supremacy. A nation in the grips of a pandemic. Healthcare resources strained to their limits. An economy on the brink of collapse. And at the helm, a clueless con artist who cares more about his own re-election over saving lives. Join Liberal Band Radio for Talk from the Left That's Right. Live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan and 24-7 at liberaldan.com. We must unite to save this country in spite of this buffoon's ineptitude before it's too late. coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is area code 914-803-4131. If you are in listening on blogtalkradio.com slash liberal den, you can join us in the chat room uh, on the show page. If you are after the live broadcast, you, you could leave comments, questions, concerns at blog, uh, I'm sorry, liberaldan.com, uh, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Now, we have a uh, lot of stuff to talk about in the show today. I, I did sh- shortly, briefly last week, uh, bring back headlines, but this has been a slightly busy week this week, so I haven't been able to to draft the headlines this week. So we're going to go ahead and, and skip those today. Um, so the first things first, uh, before I start talking about coronavirus, there's a, there's an article that was written by uh, Lamar White in Louisiana. Um, he's the editor of the Bayou Brief. And he uh, there was a memo that went on where Louisiana Republicans trying to uh, overdo or, or try and override the will of the governor and even the the will of Donald Trump. And so we'll be going over that memo and we'll be going through it almost probably word by word, just kind of skimming through it at least. And I'm going to skim through the words, see if I can find the good words in there that I want to at least criticize. And we will be uh, seeing why they're crazy because as the show episode title says, the Rona is making everybody crazy. Uh, other issues, I talked about this on the show a few weeks back, but you had Mayor de Blasio in New York City who was trying to get, um, I don't know what he's trying to do, but he's, he's trying to make sure that people don't attend large religious services or have large gatherings altogether. Uh, but in doing so, he again threw out the names, threw out one religion in particular, and we'll be going into that. And uh, I, I disagree with some people, at least initially, uh, with their reaction to what's being said, because I don't think this is a freedom of religion issue, but there are other issues as well that need to be discussed. Um, but before we get into all of that, I, I do want to talk about uh, Bernie Sanders supporters yet again, and not the vast majority of them who are going to do what needs to be done and vote blue no matter who this November, because despite the fact that we have Supreme Court rulings from some of Trump's um, Supreme Court nominations that have turned out okay, most of them aren't, and there's a real risk that if left in the hands of Donald Trump for another four years, we might see Donald Trump uh, name the replacement of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and that would throw off the court for decades. We would lose decades of 
hard-fought victories simply because one person gets named to a court. So that cannot happen. And again, I believe that most, not just many, but most Bernie Sanders supporters, just like most Elizabeth Warren supporters, most uh, every other candidate out there, are going to do the right thing and vote for the Democrat in state, especially in states that matter. In states that don't matter, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, because, like, I don't think Louisiana is going for anybody but Donald Trump. Um, and that's fine because we no no Democratic candidate should expect to get Louisiana. Should expect to get Louisiana or Alabama or Mississippi. So if you're a disgruntled Bernie supporter and, and you're going to say, oh, I'm going to vote for the third party to try and help them get like federal funding, matching funds in the next election. That's fine. I don't care. That's fine. Perfectly reasonable. I support things like, you know, let's say you're a, a Bernie Sanders supporter in Michigan or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, or Florida. Let's say you support Bernie Sanders and you're mad that Bernie's not the nominee and you really would like to support a third party candidate but you don't want to support you don't want to allow Donald Trump to be getting into office to name Ruth Bader Ginsburg and maybe even one more Supreme Court nominee I fully support some sort of deal making that would say look I want to see that where somebody in a red state might be like, look, Trump's winning this state. My vote doesn't count in terms of who's going to get these electoral college votes. But when it comes to the popular vote, if you get a certain percent of the vote, the third party candidate can go ahead and get it. So that's what I fully support the idea of making of, of third party people making deals from states that matter saying, look, I really want to vote for the uh, for some other candidate to help them get matching funds. So instead of voting for that person, I'll vote for your guy if you vote for my guy in a state that doesn't matter. And that way you get, you kill two birds with one stone. You help the third party get the federal matching funds and you make sure that now, is this an honor system thing? Absolutely. And if you want to lie about doing that, I, I think you're a terrible person. But I do think that it's a reasonable thing to do to be strategic with your votes and to try and form alliances with your votes to try and make sure that first thing that has to happen happen, which is that Donald Trump gets kicked out of office and you help somebody else feel better about their vote because they'll know that you've got their back in the state that it doesn't matter to help them get the, those matching funds. So it is what it is, but there are, but New York decided that they were not going, I think they were going to take down so they took off burning off of the ballot and then they decided, well, we're not going to have our primary because there's only one person left on the ballot. And Bernie Sanders supporters, even some stars just went just apeshit crazy over this. They were like, you know, we don't want to have burning off the ballot. We wanted to be able to, we wanted to be able to go, and vote for Bernie. I wanted somebody wanted to be a Bernie delegate. So I don't like, but you don't, why are you making this stink now? When Warren dropped out of the race, did you go ahead and say, well, well why doesn't Warren get to be on the ballot? She's just, I mean, I, you say drop it. They suspended. Warren suspended. Kamala Harris suspended. Pete Buttigieg suspended. Amy Klobuchar suspended. Mike Bloomberg suspended. Everybody suspended their campaign because that's the technical thing that they do. Because if they withdraw and some big thing were to happen, like the person who was supposed to be the nominee, like keels over and dies, then they, you, you still keep your delegates if you suspend and you, you haven't withdrawn. So that's why they suspend. That's why they all suspend. So it, it's a farce or whatever, but everybody's dropped out of the race in reality. Trying to be like, well, this is a democracy. Well, if you don't have 
I don't get to vote my choice. No, you don't have a choice. No one's left on the ballot except for one person. I'm sorry if you feel that, you know, you're upset that your state voted late. So therefore you didn't get, I'm in Louisiana. We voted late too. We got even moved ours back because of the Rona. Guess what? I don't give a say. It's fine. The the choice has been made. Nothing that anybody is going to do is going to help. Is going to let Bernie get the vote anyway. And so this, this, this whinging, if you will, of Sanders supporters is just more just it's, it's jumping the shark. It's, it's what I've deemed jump the shark activism. When you, when you go, I understand being upset that your candidate didn't win. I understand being upset that the Democratic Party as a whole voters wise, not just, you know, not, not the establishment that people want to say, but the voters did not support Bernie Sanders. And, and, and you, know, you wanted your guy to win. And look, I would have been happy with the Bernie Sanders candidacy. I've said that before, and I'll say it again. And I'll say it repeatedly until people stop trying to say that it like Bernie. I liked Bernie since before Bernie was cool. I liked Bernie since before he had he started raising from his four percent national name recognition. Uh, I've liked Bernie, and I think he's had lots of good things to say for a very long time. He's stood up for the right causes for a very long time, and maybe if he would have not ignored the South again he might have won this nomination, but he did not. And he wasn't going to, because again, he ignored the South and he ignored the South and he ignored the South. And I'll repeat that. So I'm blue in the face as well. You can't win a presidential primary without campaigning in every state. And you can't win a president. You can't win the general election. If you don't win a presidential primary, if you're trying to be the nominee for one of the two major offices that is going to end up being our president. So we do have a caller on the line. Let's go bring the caller in while it's uh, when you when you hear the beep, you could probably start talking. There you go. It looks like you're on. Yo, yo what's, what's going up? on? No, not much. This is Nas in Atlanta. Good to see yeah, you. Yeah, I, I recognize your voice. I was about to say, how's it like in Atlanta? And you're with your stupid governor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes, man. No surprise. Yeah. And honestly, you're going to see more of that action going across the country. I think Iowa is doing something similar. Uh, so basically you've got all of these, uh, let's call it what it is, Republicans who kind of come up under, uh, what's, his, what's his name? Not Gingrich, the other rascal who made people make that no taxes pledge and things from years ago. The other one used to do a lot of media. Really, really bad guy. But uh, overall, not the politician, but the um, the – Last name with a G? I believe it is, but I can't think of his name right now. Yeah, I know. But you know who I'm talking about, that guy. I do know who you're talking about. Right. So he's basically a weasley guy that always go on on Fox Fox News. And he would be on Bill Maher as well. Grover Norquist. There it is. There it is. You called it. Good pull. So, So basically because of that, all of these different states, they're looking at this like, okay, how do we get these people off the unemployment goal? So they're trying to figure out creative ways. And in Georgia, they went after the 1099 employees. So barbershops, tattoo shops, nail shops, all those different places have employees that are 1099 people, meaning they're employee by contract, not normal, you know, uh, W-2 right. employees. So if they refuse to go back to work, you can deny them unemployment because you just said their industries are open, so they need to risk their lives and go to work in a job where you can't social distance or really protect yourself well. So, I mean, this is how deep and, and, and nasty uh, the conservative mentality can get when it comes to governing, because most of these states have clauses to where it would take their state Supreme Court, it would take an amendment for them to raise taxes in those states to try to make up for this revenue. Because, right. they, you know, they allocate a certain amount for unemployment every year, what they expect to be out of the budget. But when you have a pandemic, <laughs> you got to go right. above and beyond. This is an emergency. So they're figuring out Which a way the weird to thing, make though, the is most that, vulnerable is that the, hurt. The 1099 type employee should be getting, should be getting um, pandemic unemployment relief, the, the pandemic unemployment assistance, the PUA, instead of the regular unemployment fund. So it should be coming from the federal side that funds it on top of what it is. Because I have, I have friends down here in New Orleans in Louisiana who, I mean, we're conservative and we have a liberal governor or we have a, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. That is a false statement. We have a democratic governor. We don't have a liberal governor. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is conservative, but he's still a Democrat. Um, 
and like he's he's right on more issues that he's not at least in my opinion but i know i have uber drivers that you know it's it's still they're still driving i think uber is kind of considered essential uber and lyft and so they're still working and i know people who are working but i know other people who have decided that they're not going to work because they risk um getting i guess harmed by corona and i have a friend who who does ride sharing who is not driving right now who's getting unemployment so maybe i mean it's probably yeah. different in each state i don't know um, well, i've well, seen no, it's, it's, it's not a different in each state that's an individual case by case thing just think about how understaffed and how under, overwhelmed they were with this whole process meaning the idea of unemployment so then right. if you multiply that times 30 and think about how many people are still waiting on their first check to come, even though they fit all the criteria, how many people are being, you know, kind of held up to a degree, <laughs> so to say. So it, what you're saying is correct, how it should work, but how it actually works, uh, especially down here. Man, people are being thrown off that dole left and right, man. It is a SHIT show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We don't mind a couple of curses here on the radio. Um, the, uh, I'm not, I'm not broadcast over anywhere, so I don't think the FEC comes oh, okay. into play, but, but the, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen those stories though, where, where, where they're making those decisions where then since they're able to open and it's, it's, it screws the businesses too, because if the businesses Correct. don't hire, you know, the, the, the businesses, I guess, if they had any rent, um, you know, forgiveness or whatever, or deferment because they couldn't operate. Now they're not getting that. And then if they go back and they have to close again, then they're going to have to start paying those, like I guess the penalties for laying people off when they normally wouldn't. So all in all, yeah, it's, it's, it's miserable. And, and, and the, I mean, the shenanigans, I mean, nobody should be surprised that Kemp is supporting shenanigans because from the gubernatorial election in, Alabama, where he was the Secretary of State running the damn thing. I mean, hello, conflict of interest. Uh, nobody yeah. seems surprised that. And then, you know, of course, he ticked off way, way, lots and lots and lots of people from the from the um, voting lists, and which caused yeah, uh, much, cross, much more people. Check to scrub the list. Uh, he shut down polling stations in neighborhoods that he knew would not be friendly to him, and he made yep. sure certain polling stations only had one machine. So they, they yep. found machines in the warehouse after the election with plastic still on them. Like, you know, the list is long. Look up Greg Palast, anybody who's out there listening. Like, he did the, the real uh, work on, on attacking Kemp on it. But overall, he got the end result he wanted. Uh, the donors who put him in place got what they wanted. And right now they're getting a windfall based on this. And, and like you said, when you think about the small business owners, let's imagine they do open their doors. If you're not pulling in the receipts that you need to, you're actually operating at a loss to have payroll, pay for lights, gas, utilities, and everything else. You need to operate a business. So who's actually coming out on the right side of this? You know, so it's all at risk without even the reward. Oh, exactly. It's, it's, it's it's just I don't know. It, it, again, as I said, the title of the podcast today, the Rona is making everyone crazy. You have just people. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in probably the second half of the hour. I'm going to be going over um, the uh, memo that Louisiana Republicans are using to not only um, go against uh, Louisiana Governor Edwards, uh, but they even said that they want to go against things that Trump has said. So if they're 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 going up against Trump. You know, they're it's it's crazy. This could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't imagine that they're gonna they're gonna reject Trump in in the in the general election because they're upset with him because they're not gonna vote for Biden. But just just the idea that you know maybe 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 Trump is starting to lose a little bit of his luster considering the fact that he uh, that he's doing a couple things that people are like. Well, wait a second. Like I have I have some libertarian friends that are like, we told you back in 2016 that this guy was not gonna be. Uh, what we call a conservative, he's he's well, well, he's well, definitely. Well, I mean, heard him a lot. If some libertarians go to Justin Amash and some people stay home because they're so upset with him not coming through on some of their ridiculous aims and things he campaigned on, I mean, he won on right. such a thin margin that I mean that could hurt him drastically. So I mean, 
that could end up being a big story. And, and to your point about the, the liberals and the so-called progressives arguing about Bernie, it, look, it comes down to this. There's nothing that's going to be said that is going to ease Bernie, Bernie supporters' mind about this election. So to me, the party has to put something on the table from his campaign, some policies right. from his campaign that they like, they put them on the table. And then you kind of have to flip the flip the uh, the gun on the Bernie supporters and say, wait a minute, if you're telling me that the party and and the money interests of the uh, of the party, the donors are against you, then electoral politics was never your answer anyway. Why aren't you getting more active in in local politics? Why aren't you creating more activist groups? Why aren't you doing things outside of politics to affect society in a way that true leftists and true progressives would say was the way you know. 50 years ago. So that they got Thank you. explaining to do as well. I mean, I've been saying the same thing. I mean, I, I had somebody who was talking about that on one of their Facebook pages, and I was like, look, I was like, y'all were mad about 2016 when it happened. The 27, where were y'all in 2017 when it came to like running for local party positions and trying to get on, you know, the local and state executive committees? 2018, 2019, where were y'all? They were nowhere to be found. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the people, I mean, I, I told this to somebody the other day, which is, you know, I'm not saying that most or, or many or most, but there are at least some Sanders supporters who just want to yell from the sidelines because that's all they know how to do. They don't know how to, how to actually make the change that they want to see. They just want to yell that they want the change to happen, but they're not willing to put in the sweat and tears and work that's required to do to get these victories that they want done, like other people willing to do. And then when they take the ball and go home and don't want to come out and vote for the eventual winner, they're going to be crying over the fact that all of these other past hard-fought victories that we have, like Roe v. Wade, uh, Obergefell v. Hodges, uh, even Lawrence v. Texas, I think, could be at risk if, uh, if, these, uh, if, if Trump gets to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the court. Right. Yeah, well, so, well, look, and look, all of the things that leftists read about as kids, the heroes that they grew up, wanting to emulate, uh, those people didn't stop their activism at electoral politics, though, because that's the other part of this. Right. Uh, the New Deal and everything else good you want to say that, that this country has created, it was created by what? Movements on the ground, actual grassroots movements where people were doing things in communities that eventually ended up changing national policy. Uh, you can go to the BPP and their breakfast program and things like that, which led to that being instituted in the country. Like, that's how these things happen. So if we're really leftists or progressives and we want to look down on every policy passed in front of us, I mean, there's got to be some, like you're saying, sweat equity there. So you, you got to, you know, yeah. it, it can't just be I don't like him, so I'm not voting, and that's the end of my politics. Like, nah, man. Right. It's like, you know, every, every time somebody says, you have to earn my vote, I, was, I'm, I want to respond back, well, you have to earn your policies. Mm. Which is tough. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which I is mean, a tough, tough medicine. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a there's a website where you where you put in uh, like I, I can't think of what it's called, but it, it it's basically about political tribes. You put in the things that matter to you, and it gives you a percentage of the people in, in the country that agree with you. A lot of the progressive things that I agree with that I think this country really really needs aren't as popular as need be to be just something that can be done during a simple one or two term election. And people right. on the left kind of got to come to terms with that and say, okay, we got a lot more work to do than what we think. Because when you start talking to people and you realize some of these centrists are so far to the right that they have no understanding about labor, uh, the idea of discrimination, the idea of climate change, like all these huge projects that we like to talk about a lot. And so it's like, okay, you want to say climate change pinned on carbon as the major, you know, lever for the job forces there. So you, you right. have to speak about that to them in different terms and say, look, we've got to figure out a way to not only include you and your workforce within that, but also eventually get off of this because this is going to put us all in serious danger. But it can't just be you're a climate denier. I don't want to talk to you. You're an idiot. Like, it can't be that. There's too many right. people. And on the other side of the coin, like, I remember, like, on my one of the episodes of the minicast, I came up with this thing, and like maybe I want your opinion on this because you know a lot of times you had Bernie Sanders and he was talking about like social justice and economic justice, and he was kind of doing it 
on an across-the-board level. Like, we're going to do all this stuff, and it's going to raise everybody up. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring everybody up to having a better way of life than it is. But, you know, to me, like, I, I can't necessarily say that I hear that and hear these things, but I'm wondering if other people hear that and hear these things. If you're, people in oppressed groups hear that we're raising everybody up, but they're not hearing anybody talking about how the current social inequities uh, are not going to be fixed. So if everybody raise, is risen up and you still have those inequities, then you haven't fixed the main problem. And I'm wondering exactly. if a lot of the reasons <laughs> – I'm wondering if a lot of the reason why Bernie Sanders did not reach out and get support in the South, like in Louisiana, or like last time, or in Alabama, Mississippi, in the nine southern states he ignored the last time. I'm wondering if the reason that, that he, didn't get, he couldn't get that traction is because, you know, a lot of the large chunks of the voters in the Democratic primaries in the South are black voters. They're hearing this across the board, everybody gets risen up issue, but they're not hearing how do you solve the inequities that still exist in the system. And as such, they're like, well, you're not talking about what needs, what, what needs to help in me and my community. So therefore I'm not excited about you. And do you think I have like a point there or? No, no, I, I would agree. That's one of Bernie's biggest blind spots. Uh, the idea of class, not race, class, not uh, sex, uh, class, not, you know, sexual orientation. Like, whatever dynamic you want to talk about in America where there's inequity, that harm was targeted, and the repair has to be targeted if you're serious about this, fixing it. So this is something that, that's kind of been a problem for the left for a long time because people have the class analysis of Marx and Engels, but they don't understand America specifically has right. deficits in certain targeted groups that have to be addressed on their own. They cannot this, – this rising tide lifts all boats does not work in America – and the primary example to tell everybody how that works, think about two months ago where people were telling us this was a historically great economy. This right. pandemic exposed the sham of that. Like 20% of people own 80% of, of stock on Wall Street. So you can have high uh, record-breaking <laughs> quarters yeah. for companies and things like that in the midst of food pantries and people living check-to-check check and the majority of people – uh, pandemic emergency away from being destitute. And and that kind right. of goes to, you know, everything that you're hitting on there. But, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, the, uh, one of the things I like to say when people say rising tide raises all ships, uh, not not if those ships have anchors and, and they start drowning because the <laughs> anchors are keeping them down. So we have to, you, have, you have to cut loose those anchors first before, uh, the, before the rising tide can get everybody. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and, I, and I, this is not to say that I think that Bernie Sanders is wrong on the, the issues dealing with race and LGBTQ rights and women's rights. He, he, he has been on the right side of those issues. It's just not in his message. And if it's, and if you're not sharing that message, I mean, I know people, you know, you'll hear commercials for the Percy podcast on my show as my good friend, Don, uh, he, you know, he is a very strong Bernie Sanders supporter and he's going to vote blue no matter who. Um, but he, you know, he didn't necessarily need to, to be come at and said, look, you know, Bernie earned my vote. You know, he, he did the research and, and he felt that Bernie was the right person for him. But just as the Sanders supporters are trying to say, well, earn my vote. Well, Bernie didn't earn enough votes to win the primary. So and that's what it is. Right, right. And look, he's the, he's the best candidate we had. He's probably the best politician we've had over the past 20 years, especially from the Democratic Party. So I respect Bernie. I like Bernie a lot, but you can't just act like this hole that's in his game is not there because this hole has been exploited, uh, you know, both times. And, right. you know, this is a guy who didn't want to run early on. He was trying to convince Elizabeth Warren to run. And he said, okay, since nobody's going to oppose her, I guess I'll go out here and do it since nobody's going to do it. And, you know, he brought all his ideas with him. And, and th- you know, there's some similarities to what happened to Jesse Jackson in his run where they, the, the power wanted Dukakis. And we saw what happened there. There's some right. similarities to that. I'm sure there's a lot of huge donors to the Democratic Party who hate Bernie's guts, like no question. But if you think you're going to be a somewhat revolutionary party and not a reform or a candidate, uh, why would you think you wouldn't have opposition? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they're not going to like you, buddy. So you're going to have to fight right. them. And if you're going to fight them, you've got to beat everybody. establishment. <laughs> The establishment is entrenched. You're not going to have. You're not going to find it easy 
But but at the end of the day, it wasn't even the establishment. I think Biden spent less money than Bernie did in the campaign. Biden just happened to have a lot of base support, and and Bernie's support, you know, it wasn't maybe. I think Biden's support was wider. Bernie supports deeper. The people who are are Bernie are all in on Bernie, and they are they are active, and they are they are go to they go they fill his they fill his you know every time he goes gives a speech they'll go to a rally they'll go to his rallies and they'll get thousands of people at the rallies. But when it comes mm-hmm. time to vote, you know some of them don't even bother to vote. But then the other and then the other ones you know don't go to other people for with Biden they don't go to rallies they don't get all up on Twitter and Facebook and, and they just go vote and that's all they need to do. And right. Well, where's, where's his support? Well, his support is, is it might not be as deep, but it's wide. It's why it was at least wider. Yeah. So. And, and look, I, like I said, I, I support him. I wish it would have gone better. And the question I, I really want to know is if, like, if we could talk to Bernie and get him to really tell us what his support from libertarians was and what his support was from people who would, Blanche at the idea of any support for, uh, you know, the groups that we just talked about, marginalized groups, because that's the only way that this makes sense, that he was scared to really step out there like that, because he wasn't scared of anything else. Like, this dude was going after billionaires, he was going after corrupt politicians, but then, like, that frozen moment where they asked him about reparations for black people, and he acted like he didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, man, (laughs) it's embarrassing, Bernie, it's going to be hard. And I'm going to catch hell because, you know, some of my friends are going to be like, see, see, that I've been trying right. to convince to vote for them. They're going to immediately jump on me about it, which they did. So yep. I'm, I'm definitely yep. a supporter of him, but I'm realistic about his flaws. Right. You know what the sad thing was about this whole one, – one of the sad things about this entire uh, Democratic primary, especially at the beginning, was the one who made the most sense on reparations was freaking Marianne. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was sad. Marianne was the best on that topic from the party, which should be shameful. I think I lost the host. Hopefully, he pops back in real quick. But no, he he raises a great point. Hopefully, I can kind of stall till you come back. But yeah, Marianne being at the forefront of that discussion was kind of an embarrassment. And it seems like we had a technical glitch, so. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break and come back and take your calls as well. That's area code 914-803-4131. That's area code 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? (laughs) Well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? (laughs) Catch you on the tunes. 
Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout-out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. It's talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. We are also, uh, you can also be join us in the chat room at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Go into the show page for this episode and jump in on the chat room there. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. Over on the show thread at Liberal Dan. I'm sorry. So, again, with technical glitches as it comes to Blog Talk Radio, often has. uh, Pay for, I suppose, again. Last week, it was the the fact that I had to use Skype. This week, I was able to use their call-in functionality for a little bit, and then it, I I don't know if you heard it, but I heard the that comes when you can't get a good signal, and as such, uh, I feel like I, nobody was hearing what I was saying, and I couldn't hear anything in return, so I, I think my bet was correct. Anyway, I'll have to edit the show um, later to get rid of the technical glitch and make it a nicer show, but until then, uh, anybody listening will have to hear that the silliness that happened in between. Anyway, so before the break, was talking about um, Bernie Sanders supporters and how they want him to get back in the race. So uh, there's a reason that New York can't take him off the ballot. Here's the thing. Again, if, if the election is over, because, I mean, technically nobody has, quote, the delegate count, but nobody else is running anymore. So if nobody else is running, then that one person is going to get all the delegates. person is going to win. And it's as simple as that. But, and again, this is jumping the shark activism. This term I like to use, jump the shark activism, when people just go over the, overboard. But anyway, that's, that was the last break. Let's talk about this, uh, this break. We have more silliness about the Rona, because, again, the Rona is making everybody crazy. I understand people being stir-crazy inside their house. And Louisiana... Um, has a one-sixth, I think, correct to say, or maybe it's uh, the Texas t- population of Texas six times larger than Louisiana um, reported more than – Louisiana has three times the number of COVID-19 fatalities than Texas has. Texas is very wide open. We had Mardi Gras. Oh, I'm sure people were getting it during that time, and we just didn't know. Uh, so here's, as I said, we're going to go over this memo that was being sent out and about how they want to circumvent the actions of Louisiana's governor, John Bell Edwards, because they are frustrated with that they can't get back to work. Quotes. If you see me doing, if, were, if I had a live stream of me doing the podcast, you'd see me doing my air quotes. Get back to work. So, letter, uh, Senator. During these frustra- or during frustrating and uncertain times, we all know how important it is to communicate directly with our constituents. Right now, across the state, people are feeling people across the state are feeling powerless. Here are three things each of us can do: power our constituents and amplify their concerns, courtesy of our delegation consultant. So, I need a wait. Hold on, I, I have a better thing to play than that. Hold on, um, I need I need to play. Where is that? Damn it, I don't see it. Oh, I should have had that ready. Um, maybe it has. There it is. Okay. Let me Here are three things that each of us can do to empower our constituents and amplify their concerns, courtesy of our 
Delegation Consultant. There you go. One, engage with frustrated constituents directly. Pick a few Facebook messages or voicemails to respond to and respond personally. Ask for a number to reach them at. Make a call and listen. Let them know you share their concerns. Let them hear the frustration in your voice. Or I guess they want them to fake it. I don't know. Record a personal video for social media. Video doesn't have to be fancy. It's authentic. Let your supporters see and hear your disappointment in the governor's decision. Because, you know, we have to fake things. Idea number one. Film in front of a local store. Forced to close using your cell phone in, quote, selfie mode, end quote. Because nobody knows. Because these people are so out of touch. They don't. They have to put selfie mode in quotes. Two. Hear stories of local businesses struggling to survive under the statewide shutdown. Struggling to survive under the statewide shutdown are still surviving and are doing so knowing that we all need to be responsible in how we're dealing with the Rona. Potential script outline, because nothing says authenticity like a potential script outline. I'm disappointed in the governor's decision. Share the governor's email and switchboard number in your message. Join me in telling the governor Enough is enough. I know you're struggling and worried. I talk every day to people who are worried about their jobs and how to pay their bills. The governor should listen to the president and his experts and adopt a regional, parish, regional, parish by parish. The governor is listening to the president and his experts, most specifically his experts. And the president and vice president has spoken about how good of a job John Bell Edwards is doing in responding to the coronavirus pandemic. So, I don't know what these people are talking about. A one-size-fits-all universal shutdown is not sustainable. I mean, it's not sustainable for the long term, but allowing people to die because you rushed back to work too early is also not sustainable, folks. If you create a video on social media posts, please text the link to Jason at so we can share it on the delegation social media. Three, share the petition with your constituents. Senator Hewitt launched an online petition to get frustrated citizens of poison. In less than a week, over 10,000 Louisianans signed the petition. 10,000. How big is the population of Louisiana again? 10,000. Crazies. Some of whom were marching without masks, not social distancing, in front of the governor's mansion. I think they even broke the gate to the governor's mansion, if I have the story correct. There's been a significant spike in signatures since the governor's announcement. Well, because people are annoyed that they can't have, because they listen to you and they don't listen to scientists and experts. Please kick, please click, blah, 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 document from our consultants to view and download a messaging document to our, from our consultants with strong words and phrases to use in your communications and trap words, trap words to avoid. Trap words to avoid. We know many of these suggestions might seem like common sense. No, they seem like scripted BS, but that's besides the point. We will continue to work with you and explore every option, getting our state running again. How about working with the governor to make sure that when the state gets back and running again, it's doing so in a reasonably safe and responsible way? There's the thing. Conservatives don't want to act operate in a reasonably safe and responsible way. Just like with the oil disaster and the Macondo well exploit, they wanted to get back to business as quickly as possible when it was shown that every single one of the oil companies used the same dead person as their emergency contact. The same dead person. At least everybody who was in that committee meeting. The same one. And he was dead. But guess what? They don't want to activate. They want, they want to rush back because business is more important than lives. Here we go. Confidential. <laughs> messaging brief. <laughs> confidential. That's, I mean, I don't know how many people are hearing it on Liberal Day and Radio, but it's confidential. Good words. And then in parentheses, just in case good words wasn't enough for these idiots, words to use in parentheses. Empower. Deserve a voice. Constituents. Data. <laughs> Data-driven is one of their words that they want to use. Data-driven means that you stay your ass home until we have testing. They, they, want to, they want to use data-driven as one of their good words. <clears throat> Local. Reasonable. Okay, I just said reasonable. 
reasonably safe and responsible way. They don't want to be reasonable. They, I mean, I guess they want to use the word reasonable. They're lying. That's a good word. President Trump, good words to use. Consideration, regional, parish by parish. Well, if Jefferson Parish opens and New Orleans doesn't, does that make sense? No. Because it's the same metropolitan area. Dumb. Don't be dumb. Dobbs. Gerbs. How about gerbs? They seduce gerbs, like from South Park. Special session. Listen. Meaningful. Taste. Personal. Responsibility. If we were to use personal responsibility, this is what this is what a lot of conservatives don't seem to get. I'm not saying all, I'm not saying most, but a lot. They don't get like with masks. Like I've seen people post on Facebook, don't tell me you can't tell me that I have to wear a mask. Well, if I, it should be my choice to wear a mask. Freedom. Well, guess what? Actually, freedom isn't even on this list, which is amazing. Freedom and liberty are not words that are on this list, which are which would seem to be words that they would want to use, even though you don't have the freedom to make people sick. You shouldn't be considered to have the freedom to make people sick, which we will get into in the, in the next segment of the show when we talk about the religious thing again. Uh, frustrated, another good word. Disappointed economy, lives, livelihood, resilient. And what resilience is going to be in there? Let's see. Trap words, words to avoid. Publican is the first word. This is the Louisiana Republican delegation, and they're telling you that to avoid the word Republican, it's a trap word. Democrat, irresponsible, partisan, a partisan, partisan. I'm from Boston. Partisan. Don't use the word partisan. We're not from Boston. You want to say partisan, not partisan, because we're not from Boston. Models. Don't use the word models because, first of all, Donald Trump likes to have sex with them and then pay them to shut up. And B, the scientific models are, are telling them to stay home. So don't use the word models because that would make people that think that they might need to stay home. Attack. Risky. Politics slash political. Hopes. Don't use the word hopes. Spike. Budget. Best one. Don't use the words death or die. Those are trap words because, you know, we don't want people to realize that they might die or there might be increased spikes in death if we go back too soon if, if about to stay and we don't, and we don't follow the stay-at-home extension. We, we want – but don't mention Republican either. That's hilarious. Anticipated question. Are you worried about people dying? Why don't you support the governor? Will reopening too early cause the virus to rebound? A rebound is not on the words to avoid. So you say now, you think now is the time to reopen? Should there be a bipartisan approach? Does the, no, I don't think there should be a bipartisan approach. I just think there should be a scientific, what's the, what's, what, what, data-driven response. Data-driven is one of their words. There should be a, a responsible data-driven. Let me see if I can make a good thing. There should be a responsible data-driven approach that empowers governments to open where they can in a meaningful and safe way. I used all their good. I used a bunch of their good words in that one. Um, doesn't the president's plan empower the governor with his decision? Yes, it does. The governor said the vice president supports his decision. Why don't you? Do you think a virus respects parish borders? Will you have time to debate slash pass a budget and controversial reforms? Why can't tort reform slash coastal lawsuits wait until the next session? <laughs> Talk about tort reform and coastal lawsuits. But they're anticipating that you're asking a question. Why can't those things wait till the next session? So they're anticipating that people are saying that, and I guess they want these idiots to say, no, it can't. We need to kill people now so that we can make sure that people can't sue later. Will the governor have to call a special session? Are you saying that jobs and money are more important than saving lives? These people are so tone deaf, they even know what's coming because it's true. They are saying that jobs or money are more important than saving lives. They know this. They know it's happening. So acknowledgments slash transition. That's not accurate, dot, dot, dot. Let me put that in perspective. 
I hope so, slash I hope not. Let's back up a bit. In my experience, it depends. It's too early to tell. To tell I've heard. This is, and this is from, let's see, Innovative Politics, a division of people who think LLC, innovativepolitics.com. So if you want to go see what these idiots do. Headlines. President Trump and his parish recommends a parish-by-parish approach. Do they? Do they now? Or do they recommend that in states where it's applicable? The governor's statewide one-size-fits-all approach is not sustainable. Again, nobody's saying sustain it for a certain amount of time just until May 15th. Like 16 days! I believe in personal responsibility. Personal responsibility would be staying your ass at home unless you have to go out to run errands like buy food. Business owners should be trusted to make smart decisions. No, they shouldn't. If you look at that chicken plant up north, they did not make smart decisions. They let people come into work without taking their temperatures, without making sure they're not sick, and the whole place got sick. So no, business owners can't be trusted to make smart decisions, especially as they get larger. Smaller businesses are probably going to make smarter decisions because they have more, they have better relationships potentially with their employees and the customers, and they want to they'll want to protect things, and they'll they'll feel guilty if their customers and or employees die because of decisions that they made. These big companies, they don't give a crap. This is about giving people a voice. No, it's not giving people a voice. For six weeks, the people listen to government. Now we need to listen to them. Uh, No, the people need to continue to listen to government and the governmental experts until it's safe to go back in a nice, reasonable, well-measured, data-driven way. The data shows that each parish and region is affected differently. Yes, and sure. If in 15 days it makes sense to open up the middle of Louisiana because it's doing better, okay, open up the middle of Louisiana. But as of right now, the governor does not believe it's time to do so, and he's listening to the experts, and I trust the governor on this issue because he's doing a good job with it. We need a responsible and meaningful reboot to our economy. Sure, and it will happen, and you can reboot two weeks from now. You can reboot a month from now. You don't have to reboot now. Reboots can happen whenever. You can't bring people back to life just doesn't happen. More government control is not the solution to this problem. Well, maybe it is. Our constitutional rights must be returned. Your constitutional rights were never taken away from you. What you believe our constitutional rights are not, because you don't have the right to be a threat to people. We can't wait until June to reopen. Well, we're currently waiting until May 15th to have to see how things are and getting a data-driven response. See, I'm using one of their good words. I am disappointed by the government's decision to delay the return of the economy. Too bad. Louisiana's are smart and resilient. I trust them to make the right decisions for themselves and their families. Again, no, I don't. You have idiots out there without masks who would, you can't force me to wear a mask to protect other people. So, no, sorry, I don't trust at all. Not at all. Let's go ahead and take the final commercial break, and we'll be uh, talking about the last issue real quick before I end the show. It's 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm. 
Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear, and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tunes. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout-out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, First hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberaldan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk for the Life That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. And we probably won't have any more time to take any calls. We're just going to cover the last little bit real quick and then heading off to do some work at home because I'm working from home because I'm responsible, unlike the uh, eternal memo would want us to be from the Louisiana Republican, what is it, the Louisiana Republican delegation. Yeah, they're a bunch of fools. Fools, fools, fools. Anyway. So de Blasio, again, is back to saying uh, certain things that people have not liked, especially fellow people who were raised Jewish. And, you know, I I have some concerns with what he said. Unfortunately, you know, some people I think are going overboard without getting the fact. I think we do deserve to have the fact first um, beforehand. But let's see. My response, which was uh, that uh, Jews are trending on Twitter. <laughs> I didn't say on Twitter right there, but it's, it's weird. it sounds weird to say Jews is trending. Uh, I should have said that maybe the term Jews is trending because of Bill de Blasio. Uh, I discussed this on the podcast weeks ago, but I have to discuss it again tonight. Um, what I need from the mayor is data showing that Jews are violating social distance with prayer much more than other religions. There are synagogues in New York that are opening for prayer groups, and they're doing so much more than any other group. I, as someone raised Jewish, take no issue with singling them out. However, if other groups are also praying in violation and doing so in similar numbers, singling singling out the Jews is anti-Semitic. The mayor did say to the Jewish community, comma, and all communities, when he gave his uh, It's Good Time for Tough Love tweet, you can see it on on his Twitter page, but unless the Jewish community in New York is doing it much more than anybody else, singling them out only works to encourage anti-Jewish sentiment during this crisis. Historically, Jews have been scapegoats for the world's problems, especially during plagues. That is why Bill de Blasio is going to get negative feedback on his wording, even if Jews are doing it more than others. But if they're not doing it more, his words are irresponsible. Again, this is what I said the other day, which is when Bill de Blasio, you know, the other episode of the podcast when I was talking about this, I was saying that Bill de Blasio needs to, you know, target everybody. Maybe, you know, if he's talking about a particular incident, okay, you can't go to synagogue because there's too many people going. And that's fine if you do that, but you also need to be targeting other people and discussing other people. And if he's not doing that, then, oh, maybe he didn't block me. Maybe he just deleted his tweet. I think this guy dirty deleted his tweets. Uh, this guy goes, but Hasidim make it too easy to hate the Jews. Uh, no. Sorry, bruh. That's not how it works. You don't say that Jews make it easier to be anti-Semitic. Even if it's a group of Jews or subgroup of Jews or minority of Jews, if you're hating Jews because of what a subset of Jews do, then you're the problem. You're the anti-Semite. It's not the Jews' fault for creating anti-Semitism. So anyway... Uh, here at Liberal Day and Radio, I encourage 
the mayor of New York City to release information to show if synagogues in like perhaps the Hasidic community, the ultra-Orthodox community, if they're opening more than other religions across the city, then perhaps he was justified in bringing them up. But he still should probably just say, look, we need to stop. We need, I'm going to be giving tough love now. We are going to stop, request that people stop all of these, or demand that people stop all of these large gatherings, whether it be a religious gathering or some other type of gathering, and we are not going to going to have exception. But of course, then he goes in and hypocritically makes an exception for himself, I guess, and everybody attacks him even more. So perhaps it's a good thing that he didn't win the nomination for the Democratic Party. Anyway, this is the uh, end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Tune in next week at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. You can go to facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, uh, liberaldan.com as well. You can subscribe here, blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. And if you want to support the show, uh, you can go ahead and go to patreon.com slash Liberal Dan. You'll get shout outs, you can get commercial advertising, you can even sponsor the whole hour if you want. Until next week again, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. 